Welcome to the Friends of Israel today. I'm Steve Conover. With me is our host and teacher, Chris Katolka. We want to invite you to join us for our free online conference, Awaken. That's March 4th and 5th. Awaken will open your eyes to God's word, equip you for the coming day of the Lord, the rapture of the church, and the restoration of God's kingdom. Visit lookup.foi.org to register or to learn more. That's lookup.foi.org. People, you need to come to our Lookup Conference. Awaken is going to really be a great way for you to engage with the coming day of the Lord, with the fact that Jesus is returning. We're going to have more information for you on how you can register to be a part of this great online conference that we're doing. So today, we're actually going to be concluding a series that we're doing right now. It's just a two-part series on the year of Jubilee, something uh, that's very significant in the scriptures you know, really mentioned a lot in the book of Leviticus, but then has implications all throughout the text, especially in prophecy. So we're going to be looking at the year of Jubilee in prophecy as well today. Israeli officials and relief groups are preparing to help Ukraine's Jewish community in the event of an all-out war between Ukraine and Russia. Israel is preparing itself for a potential wave of Ukrainian Jewish immigrants as they did in 2014 when Russian forces annexed Crimea. In case of an emergency, the plans could mean directly evacuating thousands of Jewish refugees. Well, here's my take. As of right now, Israel doesn't expect to need a massive airlift but they are prepared to do so if it's needed. Now, the Ukrainian Jewish people have suffered greatly, especially under the Holocaust and even under the Soviet Union. Now, what's different today, and I can't stress this enough, is that this is why Israel was created. It was created as a place where the Jewish people all around the world could seek refuge and defend themselves when they are being attacked. I'm thankful to hear that Israel stands ready to help their Ukrainian Jewish brothers and sisters in their time of need. So we're concluding our study on the year of Jubilee today. And and the year of Jubilee comes from the book of Leviticus. You know that book in the Bible where all your pages are stuck together? Or, you know, when was the last time you heard your pastor do a sermon on Leviticus? Or maybe even when was the last time you did devotions from Leviticus? Honestly, Leviticus is such a vital book of the Bible. And toward the end, God gives instructions on this time called the Year of Jubilee, an event in Israel that was to take place every 50 years. An event that I like to call the Great Reset, when God cancels debts, sets the slaves free, and returns all property sold back to the original family who owned it. But why would God do this? Well, it's very interesting. First, it's to prevent a monopoly in the land. God didn't want any equivalent of a Jeff Bezos buying up all the land for his personal gain and putting everyone else out. The land is Israel's inheritance. It was equally given to each family according to their clan and tribal allotment. For 50 years, an Israelite entrepreneur could gather up all the land and make a great living for himself. But after 50 years, the monopoly must end. 
it goes back to the original owner. God also never intended his people to become servants. He wanted them to live as free men. It's, it's the reason he cancels debts and servanthood, to give the next generation a chance to build something on the property and inheritance that God gifted their family. And finally, the reason God returns the land to the original owners and cancels debts and frees slaves is because the land is his. The Israelites are just tenants in the land. The land of Israel belongs to God, and he wishes to maintain the structures that he set in place for the Israelites to live according to his plan. And the year of Jubilee made that possible. Now, if you're sitting there wondering, man, I wish I knew more about this, you don't have to worry. Just go to foiradio.org. Again, that's foiradio.org. And in our archives page, you can go to our previous broadcast, and you'll find last week's message on the year of Jubilee from Leviticus chapter 25. So if you want to catch up, just go to foiradio.org. Okay, so the title Year of Jubilee is not really mentioned outside of Leviticus and Numbers. It's talked about in Exodus, but the name is only seen in Leviticus and Numbers. And I'll, I'll say even in the book of Numbers, it's just a passing question of what happens to the land of a certain people at the time of Jubilee. So really the only major mention of this title, the Year of Jubilee by name, is found in Leviticus chapter 25. But what's amazing is that the theme of Jubilee, which is freedom and liberty and redemption and and the release of captives and the return of land, are all alluded to in really amazing ways throughout the scriptures. One of the major questions among scholars is the debate as to whether or not the Israelites actually obeyed the Lord and kept Jubilee. We talked about that last week. You know, you really have to trust God to say that you're going to return the land that you bought to the original owner or cancel the debts that maybe somebody's paying you uh, back for, that you have to cancel all those things. That takes a great deal of trust for the person who did build a little bit of a nest egg in Israel and, and, and bought maybe other people's lands and were leasing out farms or whatever the case might be. So some scholars argue that No, there's no good evidence that the Israelites kept every 50th year and returned the land, freed slaves, canceled debts. Others argue that the Israelites did it sporadically throughout their history. They argue that the illusions of Jubilee can be found in 2 Kings 19.29 with Hezekiah, uh, or the account of uh, Naboth's vineyard in 1 Kings 21, or the redemption of Hanamel's field in Jeremiah 32. Again, there's another opinion that Israelites did keep the Jubilee, but since it was every 50 years, it wasn't necessarily mentioned every time throughout Israel's biblical history. So you, you, you can see that as you're trekking along with these scholars, there are many people that have different opinions as to whether or not the Israelites actually kept the year of Jubilee. But I want to focus on today is how the year of Jubilee developed through the prophets and into the teachings of Jesus. The Hebrew word, which is daror, is, is a word used to describe the liberty and freedom that is the result of the year of Jubilee. These themes of freedom and liberty become significant in the prophets of the Old Testament and in the anticipation of the coming of the Messiah. Ezekiel, who was writing from the rivers of Kabar in Babylon, which is modern day Iraq, is envisioning a future for Israel. He is seeing Israel's restoration, a a prophetic restoration of Israel's temple and 
a millennial temple. And he actually says that the, there's a future for Israel. And in that future is a, is a return of Jubilee. Listen to what it says. This is what the sovereign Lord says in Ezekiel chapter 46, verses 16 through 18. If the prince should give a gift to one of his sons as an inheritance, it will belong to his sons. It is their property by inheritance. But if he gives a gift from his inheritance to one of his servants, it will be his until the year of freedom or the year of liberty. Then it will revert to the prince. His inheritance will only remain with his sons. The prince will not take away any of the people's inheritance by oppressively removing them from their property. He will give his sons an inheritance from his own possessions so that my people will not be scattered each from his own property. Ezekiel seems to indicate as he's looking down the line prophetically for the millennial kingdom, the future thousand year reign of Jesus Christ, that Israel will maintain the Jubilee. And it doesn't matter if you're a prince uh, or, or you're the ruler or not. It is all returned. All the land is returned to its rightful owner. And, and, and this is interesting, too, because if you remember in Matthew, Jesus actually tells the 12 disciples. Do you remember this moment where that they would be the ones who would judge over the 12 tribes of Israel? And what's interesting is that Jesus was making that prophetic statement about the position of the disciples, uh, even when there were no tribal allotments uh, during that time. There, it wasn't like the Old Testament. So Jesus is clearly making a prophetic claim that the tribes would return one day. And according to Ezekiel, Jubilee is going to be an event that will be celebrated the year of release or the year of liberty or the year of freedom, uh, which will be reinstated. So that's interesting. Ezekiel seems to give us a vision of the year of Jubilee. I want to look at another prophetic text, which is very important because it carries the theme of Jubilee, that freedom, liberty, redemption, and release that's found actually in Isaiah chapter 61. And this is significant because Jesus is going to use this in his ministry. So first, let me read it from Isaiah chapter 61, a very messianic passage. Listen to this, Isaiah 61, starting in verse one. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prisons to those who are bound to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn. Well, first we're talking about a messianic figure here because it says that the spirit of the Lord is upon me. The Lord has anointed me. The word anointed is the word Moshiach, which means Messiah. So we're talking about a very messianic text here. Another way to put Messiah is to describe him as the king of Israel. So the anointed king of Israel is bringing good news. And he's not just bringing good news to those who are doing well financially and living the good life. No, he's bringing good news to the poor, to the brokenhearted. Uh, They have an inheritance waiting for them. And look at what it says, that the good news that he's bringing is to proclaim liberty to the captives and opening the prison to those who are bound. These are all actions found in the year of Jubilee in Leviticus chapter 25. The land is returned to the rightful owner so that the poor doesn't stay poor forever. To open the prisons for those 
who are bound, which is the idea of setting the slave free, liberty, freedom, release, will be proclaimed by the King of Israel, the Messiah, the Anointed One. Isaiah was saying to those Jewish people that the year of Jubilee is coming for Israel and the King will bring it in the future. Now listen, uh, uh, we're going to take a quick little transition here because I actually have some good news for you. You know Christ is coming back soon as we're talking about prophecy, as we're talking about Jubilee. You know, Christ is coming back. But the question that remains is this, are you ready? What should you be looking for as you await his return? Yeah, Chris, our listeners can learn the answers to these questions and more about Jesus's return in Awaken, our free two-night virtual conference. Spend March 4th and 5th online with us from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for the key truths scripture offers about the return of Christ. My fellow Friends of Israel Bible teachers and I will share important teachings from 1st and 2nd Thessalonians to encourage and equip you for the coming day of the Lord, the rapture of the church, and the restoration of God's kingdom. You can register today online at lookup.foi.org and receive a free one-year subscription to Israel My Glory digital magazine. That's lookup.foi.org. Don't miss this valuable study with us this March 4th and 5th. We've been talking about the year of Jubilee from Leviticus chapter 25. But in this episode, we're specifically talking about the prophetic influences of Jubilee. We've already seen that Ezekiel the prophet envisioned that during the future millennial kingdom, there will be a Jubilee year honored every 50 years. And we left off in Isaiah 61 with a messianic text that Israel's future Messiah would usher in freedom, liberty, and redemption of jubilee for his people, to help the poor, the afflicted, the brokenhearted, and the slave to set them free. So clearly, there was an anticipation building. It was leading up to the coming of Jesus for this concept of the year of jubilee. You know, even the Dead Sea Scrolls, written some 150 years prior to the coming of Jesus, gave a prophetic nuance to jubilee. This is fascinating because in the Dead Sea Scrolls, in this particular text, which is called 11Q13, or some title it 11Q Melchizedek, the writer of 11Q13 says that in the future, Melchizedek, the priest who blessed Abraham in Genesis chapter 14, would bring freedom and liberty to all, not just their debts and their obligations, but freedom. Think about this. Listen to what the, this is so fascinating, but freedom from their sin. It's interesting that the writer of Hebrews connects Jesus to the high priestly function of Melchizedek from Psalm 110. Listen to what the Dead Sea text says, that's this 11Q13. He says, he will proclaim to them the Jubilee, thereby releasing them from the debt of all their sins. Now, listen, I'm not saying that the Dead Sea texts are inspired texts or should be treated in the same sense as the Bible. 
But what I am saying is this, is that the Dead Sea Scrolls give us insights as to how the Jewish people thought about certain issues during the time of Jesus. And here the Jubilee year is not only connected to freedom and liberty, but freedom and liberty from being released from the bondage of sin. Jubilee was certainly on the minds of the Jewish people during the days of Jesus. They were waiting for the anointed one to come and proclaim liberty and release the captives and set his people free. So it's no surprise that when Jesus stood up in the synagogue in Nazareth at his own, in his own hometown and read from Isaiah 64 uh, verses one through four, listen to what it says. Just as what Jesus did as he stood up in the synagogue, he read, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering the sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And after reading that text, Jesus said, today, the scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Essentially, Jesus is saying, the king is here. The kingdom you want is near, and I'm here to usher in the Jubilee. And they all knew Jesus as Joseph's son, so they ran the quote-unquote anointed one out of town. And even Jesus admitted, truly, no prophet is acceptable in his hometown. You know, Jesus came to bring freedom, freedom from the bondage of sin, a, a, a jubilee of redemption and liberty that only he could usher in. And yet he was rejected by the Jewish people. But can I tell you something? Jubilee still waits for us. We still haven't experienced the fullest expression of Jubilee that waits for us in the coming kingdom of God when Jesus returns and sets up his rule and reign from Jerusalem. Israel, on the verge of becoming a state, a teenage Holocaust survivor arrives on her shores alone. His name is Svi Kalisher. Little did he know his search for a new life in the Holy Land would lead him to the Messiah. Svi, enthusiastic to share his faith, engaged others in spiritual conversations, many of which can be found in our magazine, Israel, My Glory. While Svi is now in the presence of his Savior, his collected writings from well over 50 years of ministry continue to encourage believers worldwide. Now, Apples of Gold, a dramatic reading from the life of Svi. A while ago, I had a long conversation with our Arab neighbors. They always speak of killing us and driving us into the sea. They strap explosives onto themselves to blow us up, and they even turn their children into suicide bombers to kill us, all because they want to take our land. I told them, what you are doing is written about in the Bible. Do you want to read it? So one read... And his friends listened. Thus says the Lord, Have you murdered and also taken possession? In the place where dogs lick the blood of Naboth, dogs shall lick your blood, even yours. God was angry with King Ahab and his wife Jezebel for killing Naboth and stealing Naboth's land. This is what you're doing, I told them. If you would believe in the Lord, you would be more considerate of one another. We are ready to release hundreds of Arab prisoners to secure the release of a few kidnapped Israeli soldiers. 
But you say you will only return our soldiers in a coffin. Yet you pray every morning. Is this your faith? To kill men, women, and children? The Lord our God commands us not to murder. And what does your law say? That you shall kill, murder, and turn people into suicide bombers so you can go to heaven. And then one man declared, Islam will control the world. It is difficult to speak to these people. Yet the Lord commands us to bring salvation to them because they walk in such darkness. So I continued, you have tried to destroy us, but we're still here, and we will survive against all our enemies, because it is written in Psalm 126, verse 2, Then our mouth was filled with laughter, and our tongue was singing. Then they said among the nations, The Lord has done great things for them, they wanted to know where this was written, so I showed them, and they were surprised my Bible contains the New Testament. One immediately asked, How did you come to faith in Christ? I was happy to tell them, You see, I found in the Bible so many places where it is written about the Lord Jesus Christ. I learned about true faith in the living God. We want to know more, one said. You must show us where all these things are written in the Bible. Show us where it is written about Jesus. So I gave them my Bible and showed them Isaiah 53. From then on, they asked many questions, including, Why do all Jewish people not believe as you do? Many do, I replied. Come to our congregation and see how many Jewish people worship with us. Even a rabbi was baptized, and many Arabs also come to our congregation. We never go to people and say, you must believe in Christ. Only God can help people believe. They must read the Bible and see for themselves where the truth lies. And I pray that in time, you too will come to know and believe in Christ as your Savior. Then you will have peace and worship the God who loves you. impact of Zvi's life in ministry in Israel, it didn't end when he went home to be with the Lord. In fact, Zvi's legacy lives on. Our Friends of Israel ministry representatives continue to share the gospel in Jerusalem, Israel, and really all throughout the world. We also serve Holocaust survivors and their families. We provide free food, medicine, and clothing, and we even promote the safety and security of the state of Israel and the Jewish people everywhere. So when you give to the Friends of Israel, your donation actually allows us to advance the gospel of our Messiah, Jesus. You can give online by visiting foiradio.org. Again, that's foiradio.org. You can click right there on our donate link. Also, be sure to let us know where you listen when you contact us.
Thank you so much for joining us for the Friends of Israel today. Chris, why don't you tell our listeners where we're headed next week? Yeah, so, you know, we've been telling our listeners about the Look Up Virtual Conference Awaken that we're doing, which is going to be a study of First and Second Thessalonians. And um, next week, I'm actually going to tease a bit of my message that I'm giving, and we're going to talk about ways that our listeners can register and get involved uh, with our Look Up Virtual Conference Awaken. Our host and teacher is Chris Katulka. Today's program was produced by Tom Gallione. Our theme music was composed and performed by Jeremy Strong. Mike Kellogg read Apples of Gold, and I'm Steve Conover, executive producer. Our mailing address is FOI Radio PO Box 914, Bellamar, New Jersey 08099. Again, that's FOI Radio PO Box 914, Bellamar, New Jersey 08099. The Friends of Israel Today is a production of the Friends of Israel Gospel Ministry. We are a worldwide evangelical ministry proclaiming biblical truth about Israel and the Messiah while bringing physical and spiritual comfort to the Jewish people.